0: You call yourself a maker? You smell like failure and corn chips. Drop and give me four to five minutes. This is not your grandparents' tinker toys, it's the Creator's Collective. Listen up and don't give me that face. Right, Herbert Holtz and Walker
1: are about to demonstrate the proper way to create. And if you've got questions, you had better be in the live chat. Otherwise, I am going to plant my boots so far up your honey that your mother
0: is going to be crying. Now listen up, jelly piece of cow pies.
1: And we're back for another exciting episode of the Creators Collective. And it has been a while. It was kind of interesting that we had <laughs> uh, um, Thanksgiving off and now, we, now we're back. So it's been a two week break. We haven't done that in like a year, have we?
0: Funny that like... Yeah, we, we haven't
1: skipped anything in forever.
0: We didn't even like bring it up that we were going to take it off. It It was just
1: like,
0: yeah, I didn't even think about it until after Thanksgiving was over. And I was like, oh, we normally do the podcast today and nobody said anything. We didn't do it. It was I
1: I thought about it, but I thought about it um, about halfway into the race. I was having Thanksgiving morning and I was like, wait a second. I should be recording something right now. Oh, no, we're okay.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I think it was implied. Yeah. well this has
1: been uh, a good time so i do want to say a huge thank you to our patrons on patreon uh, particularly darren mates and caleb harris if you can make this too if you'd like to find out more you can go to patreon.com and help support the uh, podcast and all of those who are now live in the chat we have uh, the garage woodworker and jeff gruff so uh, thanks for coming in And if you'd like to join us live, you can do that every Thursday, well, most Thursdays except for Thanksgiving, (laughs) at uh, 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 9 Central. We record live on YouTube. You can find that on our Creators Collective podcast channel.
2: Oh, and just uh, preemptively, next year, Thanksgiving also falls on a Thursday.
1: What? Oh, that's (laughs) right, because the leap year changes the calendar a little bit. (laughs) cool well uh zach what you got going
0: on uh got we
1: two weeks worth of content to talk about
0: yeah i've just been doing the same thing over and over again uh what's uh hammers yeah so many of them uh i can't believe the demand for these things it's out of control um that's good though i'm still enjoying making them although last week was kind of a frustrating week because Claw hammers are really difficult to forge. <laughs> it's not the forging; it's the splitting of the claw. Like, like when you, you do that with a chisel, so that you can get that taper, so that it, you know has a sharp edge to, to hook onto the nail. And the issue is doing that by yourself.
1: You so, need to like, get one of those uh, three-eyed a- um, alien toys from uh, from uh, Toy Story. Why is that? The claw.
0: Oh. <laughs> well, you don't want to do
2: the. Uh, <coughs> um you You want to do the uh hold the tongs between your legs and and split it
0: well that
2: rarely works in my experience (laughs) i try it
0: like not just for claw hammers just for like most things it it just doesn't like it just doesn't work well because i mean you have trying to pinch tongs between your legs they always want to twist it, it just doesn't, it, I don't know. Like I've seen it done and I've maybe successfully done it like once or twice, but it just doesn't work. It's a bad strategy. And in my opinion, maybe there's something, maybe my legs are shaped funny. I don't know. But every time I try and pinch tongs between my legs, it just, the tongs just flip 90 degrees.
1: Have you gotten a leg vice?
0: Uh, I have one in the mail. Ah. So yeah, it's a big six inch post vice. I'm really excited about it.
2: Uh, so I Hello from, go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, I think there's a video from way back when, when Alex Steel was like really, really young and he was holding the tongs between his legs and he hit the anvil and it completely just crotch shot at him.
0: Oh, uh, well, there's, like, there's one where we swinging a sledgehammer and the back end of the sledgehammer racks him. <laughs> he just falls over. Oh, that's, yeah, that's that's what it was. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, so, yeah, the, the issue is essentially is like, so, you know, a claw hammer, imagine it upside down and without a handle, it's usually rounded. So you have to set that on your anvil. You have to hold a punch or a chisel in one hand and a hammer with the other hand, and you're trying to you're trying to cut on a surface that doesn't want to lay flat. So every time you hit it, it doesn't cut; it just catapults of it off your anvil. So it's just it's a it's a two man job. Um, I I had orders <laughs> for them. I made I made four of them in one day. It was a, like an, a ten day just grind trying to get knock for uh two of them out two of them i wasn't happy with so i just getting rid of them
1: hand plane pastor asks is is that why you don't have kids
0: sure let's go with that <laughs> uh, so yeah so that that's frustrating but i just going to, i'll forge claw hammers and then when it comes time to split them i'm just gonna have to get my dad to come over and hold tongs somebody <laughs> so it's just, it's just I have a, Found I'm but how would you
1: do it if you moved to the north Northwest
0: um I'd probably have friends up there <laughs> or other young people like a teenager you could say hey hold this yeah somebody physically able to stand up under <laughs> their own you know um, anywho cool. so yeah I've been been doing a lot of that uh, and then actually I don't think we I think it I can't remember if we talked about this in the last podcast or not but there's a a local kid um jake palm on instagram it's j jr underscore palm knives so this is a 17 year old kid and he makes some pretty amazing knives and uh, he's he came he's been coming over uh so we've actually i feel like i've gotten down the process of making like simple twist pattern damascus so we've cranked out a few billets of that I haven't really posted anything on my instagram other than the stories so if you guys have been following my stories you've probably seen some of that but uh yeah um you know forging some damascus and actually forging some blades which that's the first for me everything else i've done has been uh, stock removal so i'm learning a ton and it's so much more satisfying like i did a few stock removal knives months ago and i thought i would enjoy it more than i did Uh, not to say that it wasn't fun but forging them is just so much more satisfying it's just just feels i don't know it's the, i enjoy the process a lot more uh,
2: yeah I, I uh i was just watching somebody talk about forging knives versus stock removal and how forging knives can actually be so much quicker once you get really good with hammer work and moving metal like just um like like forging in the bevels and things like that and then cleaning it up on the grinder yeah
1: Grinding yeah. is just such a boring task though. It takes it longer everything. than it than it actually takes because it's just it, it, yeah, doesn't hold attention.
0: Yeah, it's 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 the my least favorite part of doing anything is spending time in front of the grinder. Um <clears throat> it's messy, like you get a cloud of, you know, yeah, abrasive and metal dust every Especially we've actually had good weather the past week. It's been in the 50s, which has been amazing. But normally here it's you know, 100 plus degrees and humid, so you're sticky. And then when you stand in front of a grinder for an hour and a half, your whole body is just covered in like sludge. It's not like powder or dust. It's like this sticky, gooey metal sludge. So yeah, it's definitely no fun. Uh, As far as like forging being faster, I mean, certainly I think if your hammer work is good, it'll save you time on the grinder. I don't know if it would be faster overall because if you get like my two by 72 belt grinder with a 36 grit belt on it just deletes metal. I mean, it's insane how fast it'll get rid of metal, but, uh, I mean, it, it is a lot of work. I feel like in my experience, no matter how you approach it, making knives, you're going to spend more time on the grinder than doing anything else, which is kind of the, the sad, <laughs> the, the sad part about
2: it, but. It's like yeah. standing and woodwork, you know, it's like nobody likes standing.
1: Yeah. And you can't use a card scraper on metal
2: yeah yeah, i was just
0: thinking the other day like it'd be funny to do like just a little quick video on like the uh all the worst parts of building stuff so you have like happy music and it's exciting when you're like cutting wood and sticking it together and stuff and then it like slows down to this like depressing music with an orbital sander (laughs) (laughs) like same with like melding stuff together and then like using an angle grinder or like forging a knife and then using a belt grinder like it's this contract between, like, <laughs> part and then like
2: the whole boring part. Cool.
1: Well, what, what you got going, Will?
2: Oh, man. Uh, so I just did a, uh, an office overhaul. Um, I don't know how you guys keep your offices, but uh, I walked into my office last Saturday and I just went, no, this has to change. <laughs> and I told her about what she was cleaning. She was organizing some stuff in the house, getting ready for the holidays, doing the whole you know, putting out Christmas decorations and stuff, putting stuff away and getting organized because we have company coming. And, um, and so I told her, I was like, yeah, honey, I'm going to be, I'm like doing a complete overhaul. I took everything out of my office. I completely dismantled the closet. Um, I went down to my, uh, down my driveway to where I keep some slabs that I had milled uh, a few years ago, grabbed four slabs of red Oak. that are all about 20 inches deep. Uh, went down to the shop, cleaned them up, flattened them, uh, put cleats on the walls into the studs and hung four 19 and a half inch deep red Oak shelves in the closet, organized the closet, cleaned the whole office. And it was so satisfying. And it's like such a, an, an enjoyable place to be now. Uh, uh, so that, uh, I did that, uh, Speaking of forging and moving metal, um, yesterday I am experimenting with this and I, and I want Zach's opinion on this. Um, I went out to my log pile and cut a 30-inch long, 22-inch diameter white oak log. Uh, brought it down out shop. I flattened the top uh, with a scrub plane so it's totally flat on top. And then uh, uh, mounted a piece of AR four hundred quarter inch plate steel. Um, So for those listening, AR four hundred is abrasion resistant uh, steel. It's what they make like heavy duty tractor buckets and things out of, uh, and ballistic targets. Um, And it's a bear to cut. I cut. I wore out a brand new cutoff disc, like down to the. The arbor of the angle grinder um, with one 20 twenty-inch cut uh, through quarter-inch plate, and it was it's anyway. Um, so then I mounted that to the top of this five hundred-pound log uh, with lag bolts all the way around, and it has pretty good bounce uh, off a hammer when you hit it. You know, with a hammer that it, it you know ding 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 ding. ding, ding. Uh, so I want to I want to hear what Zach if he thinks uh, that that will be effective for moving metal until I get a a proper anvil setup or a piece of railroad tie or something like that. Um, So people on Facebook were pretty negative saying that it wasn't going to work. But with having a totally flat surface and having it, you know, referencing off of super dense white oak. Yeah, I saw the picture
0: of that. And um, I mean, it's certainly not useless. I mean, people, you can forge on a rock until the rock breaks. I mean, it's... uh, So the biggest issue I can see with that isn't necessarily like an issue with things being flat. I mean, that's, I don't think that's going to be an issue or even like the support your rebound might not be as much, but I mean, realistically, you don't, you know, it's, if it's, it's something that you can use to beat on, it's going to work. Um, I mean, like I said, you're not going to get the rebound. It's, uh, as long as you're working the metal hot, I don't think that you're going to have an issue. Um,
1: don't expect you know, it to last as long as a regular anvil but it'll work.
0: Yeah, I mean, well, I mean if you if you are always forging on hot metal, you should be fine, but eventually it's probably going to ding up and stuff. But that happens to a lot of, you know, all the old like cast anvils and stuff, like that's not abnormal. Most of them are beat up. The issue that I the biggest issue that I can see with it is that like having a big flat thing like that kind of limits actually what you can do like there's a reason that that most anvils are narrow because you use the edges you use um you know um sometimes you need if if your piece isn't perfectly straight say it's bent or something and you need to like make a corner or make scrolls or do like uh essentially if your piece has a shoulder on it you're not going to be able to get it close enough to the metal without running into the stump or something like that but for I mean it's just I'm not saying you can't do anything with it but it's going to be a little bit limiting Um, so there's you know there's a case for some people prefer really narrow anvils because it allows you to really get tighter up on things and work both sides and corners and stuff but uh, there's there's always a place for a flat surface I mean even if you have an anvil eventually say you could have the you know a great anvil that that plate that you made is still going to be totally useful for other things. Um, especially like as a, you know, eventually if you get, I have those uh, swage blocks that Cliff and I made in our selling. Um, like I have a flat table kind of shelf thing on the side of that. And I use that for, uh, you know, as a cutting shelf so that, you know, I don't have to worry about, you know, driving a, a cutting chisel into the face of my anvil or anything like that. Um, it's certainly useful for a lot of things. So I mean I don't think you went wrong with it, but you're certainly you know if you right. want to do more ornamental or ornate stuff, you're gonna gonna in want the, to uh, step in the it chat.
1: Up. Uh, Jonathan twenty four brought up a fantastic quote for the subject. Uh, when people on Facebook tell you something isn't going to work, that means you should try it. Thomas Jefferson.
2: <laughs> Thomas Jefferson was on Facebook. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I was in, uh, I was in Monticello just the other day and I saw his, uh, his office and, uh, he had his laptop set up and, hmm. um, yeah. Um, yeah. So I think I am going to be limited without like a horn, uh, or something like that. Something that, you know, yeah. even just I having a 90 see. degree corner that you can like,
1: yeah. That's what I was going to say. I couldn't see from the picture, but the far side of it is the log flat there where you can actually work around the corner.
2: Um it's naturally flat. Like I didn't cut it. Um, I mean you put but the, the steel
1: to the edge of the log there. Yeah. Yeah. So you can work right on the edge there. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, so yeah, so I did that. Uh and then I am but you're you're up in like
0: I mean, there's gotta be a ton of anvils around where you live, I would think. They all
2: want collectors prices for them. Like what's like what are what have you been seeing? Like six hundred dollars for a hundred pound anvil. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, it's like we have a lot of antique shops, and uh, somebody actually messaged me on on Instagram yesterday. Uh, a blacksmith is having kind of like a cleaning shop sale um, about an hour and a half east of me. But oh, was that? It's only was on. That,
0: uh, was that was uh, that blacksmith tools on Instagram or not blacksmith tools? But uh, uh, it was. Uh, was
2: it? it? was on Instagram. It had all the pictures. Uh, probably this is. Was- somebody just shared it to me blue claw, blue claw design um
0: is it vintage i think it was
2: vintage. It's in i don't know i saw
0: somebody's having a, a a big uh sale somewhere i can't remember who it was but if it's that <clears> one yeah i was like dying just looking at all those of that um
2: yeah but it's only on Saturday unless it rains, which will reschedule, which in that case is good for me because then I'll just make time to go. But we had already made plans to go an hour and a half the other direction to get a Christmas tree and, you know, family and whatnot. Handbills
0: um, are way more useful than Christmas trees.
2: I agree, <laughs> but <clears throat> I also don't like sleeping in dog houses. Um, so there's that. Uh, no, and then the other thing that I'm, I'm trying to wrap up this. Uh, shaker Dresser build, just a million, million and a half dovetails, uh, sliding dovetails, hand-cut half-blinds, and machine-cut half-blinds for drawer boxes. Uh, I, I'm hoping to get that project wrapped up either this afternoon or early next week. Um, but that's coming together really, really well, and I'm really excited about it, and I'm really excited to deliver it and get on to the next thing. Good, good. Um, cool. But yeah, yeah.
0: yeah James, uh, I think I got going on. Oh, oh, Zach before really quick, uh, <laughs> since we're on topic for once, um, I check out it. I mean, if you get a chance to go to that thing, definitely check it out. Uh, if not, there's some people on Instagram, the guy that I bought my uh, post vice from is Andrew Alexander, who on Instagram is just blacksmith tools. Um, and then mm-hmm. there is mm-hmm. also, uh, I mean, familiar.
2: there's what's that? Uh, yeah. I'm familiar with blacksmith tools. Yeah. And, uh, say
0: and my other buddy i forget his um his instagram let me look it up really quick but he he's up in uh, i think the new england area uh where is it uh chris cash which is mount philip metalworks on instagram um between the two of them if you're looking for an anvil i mean anybody out there if you guys are looking for any sort of smithing equipment uh between the two of them they'll probably have what you're looking for and give you a good deal and they ship stuff so i would check that out and if, if an anvil is on your on your shopping list, Will, I'd send them a message. Okay, cool. I'll check it out. And I would suggest, I mean, it really depends, but like if you can get somewhere in the vicinity of 100 pounds, um, go for that. I mean, they they have smaller anvils or like 50 to 70. 70 will get you by, but I really think that like, you know, you're, you're kind of limited. That's what I started out with was like a 72 pound anvil and it got the job done, but uh, there's certainly better options out there that I think are worth the little extra money. So, okay. Right. Back cool. to my cereal. Carry on. Thanks. <laughs> <Back. laughs>
2: yeah. Oh, real quick, James, before we get into your thing, and we could use this as a segue into you, uh, but I was just really... I, I'm always surprised... I'm always really surprised how dense White Oak is. I mean, White oh. Oak log is stupid heavy. Yeah.
1: Especially when uh, it's still wet.
2: Yeah. I mean... I cut off like that like I said, that thirty inch piece and just to get it into the tractor bucket, I mean, it like took everything for me to like get up under it and like roll it into the bucket. And I, I later I did a log weight calculator and it's like fuck. but um, that's no way that weighs five hundred pounds, but yeah, no, it does. It's stupid heavy. Anyway, that, that was that was it.
1: What, now, what do you think is, is crazy weird because it's dry weight, it isn't that much. Um, that much lighter than like maple which is far heavier Uh, you know a hard maple and wet weight is is very similar Uh, just kind of a it is surprisingly dense (laughs) but I you know I was playing with the other day because I'm doing dovetails I'm doing inlaid dovetails in walnut uh, with the line between the dovetails being white oak and um, so I get the chance to cut in both woods, one right after the other, doing the exact same maneuvers. And though walnut is far simpler to cut and far easier, I have grown accustomed to how white oak cuts. And I find myself enjoying cutting white oak more than walnut. Uh, So for the chisel work, it's something that I like more now. Kind of an odd thing I noticed the other day. So,
0: (laughs) Oh, I got one for you guys. If you had to have one chisel, what would it be?
2: What size? Half inch. Oh, I know James is dad, damn it. (laughs) (laughs) do <laughs> it, uh, yeah, ha- probably half inch. Okay, um, because three quarter is uh too big if you're working with any uh like pre milled um
1: mm-hmm. pre milled
2: hardwoods because they aren't a true three quarter. It's like thirteen sixteenths or something like that. Um, and half inch, yeah, the half inch is just more versatile. Yeah. okay, so, I don't
1: use the quarter much at all, but the half inch you can do most all joinery with a half inch. I mean, if you really wanted to, you could make a half inch mortise in a three quarter inch board. So, could, yeah
0: so Jake and I the other day when we were coming up with ideas and smashing out all this like cool Damascus stuff, and we we're thinking that we should, collaboratively make something and auction it off on my Instagram. And we are thinking like, Oh, he's, he asked what would, what would be cool. And I said, obviously we could do a knife, but there's a lot of woodworkers out there that, that follow me. Yeah. Um, Cause you know, back in the day I used to with wood, <laughs> but uh, so I was saying, man, maybe we should do like a, a, a chisel. That would be really cool. And uh, yeah. Doing like if you really hack. want to
1: have fun, what you should do is do a, a full shouldered, Half inch dovetail chisel. chisel. So um, it's the one that the end flares, so the the shank of the chisel is about a quarter by quarter shank, but at the end, then it's flattened down to a half inch wide uh, flare, and so you can get that? into the corners on half blind chisels, half blind dovetails.
0: Huh? Maybe we'll start really out. Cool. Maybe we'll start out with just a simple, basic one. And, uh, <laughs> as I was gonna say you could also call that? Them, you could also call them uh, fishtail yeah fishtail right? is the same that's
1: thing. what lee nielsen calls them
0: but the the cutting correct. edge is still flat correct yeah. Yeah. okay well no i did i
1: right. putting a handle on one a while ago if you want to see. okay it.
0: so if, so uh, let me get some details because i think we're going to do this like maybe well, next time we come over if you think that would be super cool would somebody buy just a half inch chisel or do you think they're snooty and they'd be like no i'm not going to buy anything that's not a full set
1: oh yeah okay i don't have a full set of anything well in all these i mean okay. i have
2: a full set of the sweethearts um but that's because when i was getting into the finer woodworking uh i was like oh well, i'm gonna need a 16th inch chiz- or an eighth inch chisel all the way up to a full inch um <laughs> but i use i use the half inch chisel most three quarters second i use like my one inch as almost just like a pairing, a pairing and things like that um, almost like you'd use like a slick you know mm-hmm. if i'm like cleaning up the the cheek of a tenant or something like that and, like i'll use my Adding one just kind of...
0: i use that yeah. for revealing tendons on my thumb
2: <laughs> oh bad form <laughs> yeah um yeah. if you've got
1: a to forge a chisel though the important thing is to have a fully uh, fully forged shoulder um okay. so where the it, um, unless unless you're building a, a socket but for a, a tang chisel you want the shoulder to be all the way around the tang rather than just on two sides. You, actually have to, s- you have to upset it all the way around to get that shape.
2: Otherwise you'll you'll split the handle, right? And
1: all yeah. the all the traditional ones actually have the the shape of that shoulder is octagonal. Uh, so huh. I'm
0: trying to think of what, what you're so like the tang or like the shoulders where it comes from like Yeah, the, the
1: shoulder is what the wood sits on, the yeah, wooden yeah. handle. It's against that. Yeah, but you're and saying is like right above that.
0: You're saying that needs to come out. It, it so it needs it, to be upset just... on
1: all sides around the tang.
0: Oh, basically, it needs to be like a bolster, like a full. Well, yeah, why couldn't it be? Uh, what's curves. What's the issue with like? If having you just it on have it
1: on one side, then all of the driving sides. pressure uh, or two sides, all of the driving pressure is just on those those two points. And it'll cut into the wood. Mm-hmm. Eventually, you start driving it in, and it, it turns the tang into a big wedge.
0: Huh. Okay. Is, um, and for good. for
1: detail chisels like a like a dovetail chisel, it's not as much of a problem because you're not banging on it. Okay, but so if you're if doing I'm, something for chopping mortises or things like that, it's
0: if we were going to do that, then what what would you set your primary and secondary bevels to? Do you have oh, preferences? No,
1: no secondary. Just make it all one angle.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah and then whoever gets no it, you put, you put yeah. the secondary bevel in. Okay, so what would your primary
1: for an average chisel? 25 twenty five degrees.
0: I was going to say twenty seven, but yeah, Twenty-five is gonna be easier for me. And then, then and then, on, and then on the sides, you like <laughs> you like having those chamfered down a bit on the side,
2: the the sides. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. So a mortising chisel, um, if you just have straight sides, but if you have the the beveled sides, that's more of a, a bench chisel. Okay. So I think I think we're gonna try that. I
0: think we're gonna try and forge a half inch. It's gonna be a, a probably like a twist pattern Damascus half inch uh, bench chisel. That'd be sweet. That'll be cool, and then we'll auction it off. All right. So
2: just to, just to show you the to anyone listening um, in the live chat. So James said twenty five degrees. I said twenty seven degrees. Make Brooklyn in the live chat said thirty degrees. Uh, it just shows you know how everybody has just a, like slightly different preference. Mm-hmm. Um, when I'm setting a primary bevel on a chisel, I've got a setup gauge, and I put it at twenty five, and then kind of fit it halfway between twenty five and thirty, and that's my you know. Yeah. That's, that's i have not, i have pickles
1: at all angles i have some at 35 some at 30 some at 25 i have some all the way down to 10 degrees
0: so do you guys actually do you just run with the just, just the primary bevel or do you put a secondary on there
1: i just primary i put a it seems oh, like i put a really, secondary on mine
0: So, do you just sharpen the do you actually just like sharpen the flat side to resharpen the edge if you need to so, so you I don't flatten the flat side I I mean, flatten You
2: mean the back yeah right do you do like the little so, ruler trick where you put like a not, on, not a on a not on a chisel, no, not on a chisel. And I made the mistake of doing that once in a video. And... Oh, because it God. would probably when you're punching down, it would probably make it want to like wander away. Well, from... yeah,
1: you can't use the the back as a reference surface then because there's a tiny bevel that'll mm-hmm. so
0: always be riding up. Okay, so you just so when you need to sharpen them, you actually just remove material yeah. from I the back I it side. once.
1: And I never touch the back again unless I ding it, scratch it, or put something. What you mean? You never
0: touch it. the the beveled side? Again? No, the back, the flat side. So, when you sharpen it, you actually cut the bevel deeper? Yeah. It
2: seems so, like it would... so J, uh, Zach, what I do <laughs> this uh, is good so, information. Yeah, but... I
1: think mean, everyone you talk to is going to have a completely different system. So,
2: <laughs> yeah. So, what I do is if I'm setting up a new chisel, I flatten the back first. Mm-hmm. Um, then, once I have the back flat, then I flip it over and I make sure that uh, a primary bevel is established and flat and is. Uh, you know, going from edge to edge. And then once I have that down, then I just tilt my chisel up, I don't know, two degrees, three degrees. Um, and I so make a few passes. Little,
0: so you get that little micro secondary bevel type thing.
2: Exactly. Just until I start getting a burr on the back, on the flat backside. That's how I know that my two. Yeah. So that hints at 27 degrees. Cause your primary
0: bevel is probably at like 25.
2: Yep. Okay. All yeah. right. And then, and then once I have that burr, I'll flip it back over. Maybe do like four laps on the on the flat backside. Yeah, just, just to get the burr off.
1: Yeah, I I I, so I lap. The, well, I do the uh, the strop with the back. I never touch the back again on stones to
2: hmm. work the burr. Off. Yeah. Okay.
0: You well, know, so you know what? I'll I'll later. just go. You know, I'll just uh, I'll get it to razor sharp at a twenty five degree. Yeah. If someone's wanting to buy that, do they already yeah. have
1: their sharpening method?
0: Maybe. Hopefully. Let, let them do the one. <laughs>
2: Did you did you guys see that like and then? Uh, oh, go ahead. My sharpening method, like you know, I I maybe pull out my uh, my honing guide, you know, once every two months. Um, the rest of it's all freehand. Like oh. I, I keep my chisels fairly sharp all the time. So if I'm if I'm experiencing any problems, it's usually time to resharpen. That's kind of like the rule of thumb. Like if you're getting frustrated with, it probably means it's not sharp enough. So then I take it back to the stone. I hit it freehand real quick until it's sharp again, hit it on a strop and then get back to work. So yeah. that angle over the next two months will probably change from 25 to 26 to, yeah. you know, splitting hairs. Um, Exactly. Yeah. Uh, uh I was going to say so. Oh, did you guys see that? Like
0: little Viking, like Sagaris thing that I made on my Instagram and auctioned off. I did not No. What was it like? It's like a, so like a week or two, a couple weeks ago, somebody wanted me to make like a chipping hammer for <laughs> welds. And so I forged one out of S7 and it was pretty weapon-like. And uh, I've, I've never really had much ambition for like forging weapons, but after like burying it into the stump out back a few times, I was oh, like, yeah, I, yeah, need yeah, to I, sc- I need to scale this thing up and make it more dangerous. So somebody, uh, so I, I scaled it up, made one, it was about a pound, out of uh, 4140 and that thing was so much fun man i I actually like cut myself like two or three times just playing around with it but yeah i feel like a total nerd out there like cars are driving by and here's this like you know here's this adult man like playing with like little axes and like throwing them across (laughs) his front yard i felt like such a dork but
2: it was so much fun
0: so yeah that's why that's why if
2: you live in the middle of nowhere no one can see you be a dork (laughs) Yeah, that's yeah, uh, that sounds though. great. So,
0: yeah, that was that was a ton of fun. There's a video. I think there's a video of it on Instagram. I yeah, but I'll probably do more. So
2: stuff like that. So real quick, James, we were talking about the density of uh, hard maple and white oak. White oak is actually heavier than hard maple. Dry. Yep. Average dry oh. weight of hard maple is 44 pounds per cubic foot, and average dry weight of white oak. Forty huh. pounds per cubic.
1: interesting i only play with like little bits of white uh, maple so i've never actually that's interesting
2: i was gonna say if you could if so I've, I've got my lumber rack full of you know dried hardwoods and i would say that you know you pull a piece of white oak off the rack and it just like wants to drop to the floor like it's heavy <laughs> i got like, to
1: play with uh, epay uh two days ago in the live
2: oh don't you don't you curse at me, God! EPay. <laughs> Every time I hear EPay, I think of like
0: like the mobile like paying system with your phone. Oh, okay. EPay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually,
1: it was. Uh, uh, e-pay. Uh, I was doing, did a live video on making a small. Um, it's a one handed book holder. it's a little. Oh, I saw those. A single <laughs> hole that you put your thumb in, so you can hold a book with one hand and it keeps it open. That's brilliant. And uh, makes a, a really quick gift and i was just wanted to show how quick it was on so the live i did one of them out of epay and that took like 15 minutes while recording and talking and then i made another one another 15 minutes or so that was more ornate and i used a, a scroll saw to cut it out and uh, shape it up and so i made two gifts in like 30 or 40 minutes while recording so i was you know if i if i needed to i could probably make them in seven eight maybe ten minutes a piece and so, a really I, quick, easy gift that you can make with just a couple of tools.
2: So I will say, I was going to watch that video because I thought it was a brilliant idea. My wife loves books, uh, like actual books. She doesn't like e-readers and stuff like that. Yeah, of course, same. Um, right. And so I was like, "Oh, that's great! I'm gonna totally copy James and rip him off." Um, but then the video was—it was like an hour long, and I didn't have an hour, and yeah. so I didn't watch it. Sorry. But live.
1: Those uh, videos are always fun. <laughs>
2: You know, something else I want to put out there really quick.
0: Uh, if there's anybody in the Spokane, Washington area that does any sort of milling or has a mobile mill or a chainsaw mill, let me know. My best friend up there has a gigantic cherry tree that he doesn't want to get rid of. I mean, it's it's already felled. Is that how you say it? Yeah. Okay. You, you yeah. fell a tree. Just, yeah, why felled. can't we fix? Why can't we update like the English language <laughs> so that you don't sound like uh, mentally? It hath
2: been know. felled. Yeah, I, I think can. it's I I think it's romantic. I do. <laughs> like I I, fell, I, fell to, oh, I I just fell the I just fell the tree at my sister's house. It was a it, big pine I mean, tree, and it I felled it, and
0: it just doesn't. I mean, I, I get it, but it just doesn't sound right. It's like when people uh when people say "an historic," which is correct, oh. and it's I can't. It drives me nuts. Like like news anchors, it's like their favorite thing to say, and they like put so much emphasis on the "n." like an historic event. It just sounds, that sounds wrong. I don't care if it's correct. It sounds wrong. Anyway, I'm totally getting off topic. If there's anybody in the Spokane area that, that is willing to slab up or cut up somehow a gigantic cherry tree, I'm sure, uh, my, my friend would hook you up. I don't know how that works with money or just with a ton of wood, but, uh, let me know. Cool. So there,
1: uh, Oh yeah. Other things I've got going on. Um, I'm making Christmas gifts. I'm actually doing a whole series on making Christmas gifts. Uh, so I want to do you know simple things that you can you can very easily build. But I because of that I had someone tell me you know she put out a video on ideas for woodworker gifts. You know what do you give? And the video has absolutely gone crazy. Um, it's one of the best videos I've done in a, a couple months now. Uh, just listing out things that you can buy for the woodworker in your life. Uh, so I thought that would be a a fun one, but yeah. It, every time I make yeah. a dumb video, that I'm like, yeah, this won't do very well. Then that's the one that explodes. So let's talk life. about that.
2: Uh, you shared that on the Wood by Right Hive Mind Facebook uh-huh. group, um, and you got some some nasty comments, or not nasty. You shared the nastier comments later, but um, something that raised a question was kind of this uh, gear acquisition syndrome. Um, oh yeah. Uh, so the guy was saying that you know, oh, this is, you know, materialistic, you know, uh, you don't need to encourage people to buy things. It's useless. You know, you're a shill and all this stuff. And I don't, I don't think that was fair to you. I think that was a helpful video to help people that are trying to buy gifts for woodworkers. Um, I did the same, sim- a similar video a couple of years ago, uh, uh, you know, gift ideas for woodworkers. And that did pretty well but let's talk about that let's talk about the gear acquisition you know the guy that needs to buy every single tool because he thinks he needs it versus just getting out in the shop and and making something with what you have
1: yeah uh, I, i've actually been doing a lot of thinking about this because well big, number one because of that comment I, I i like when i get aggressive comments um because they number one i understand that the direction of the person shouldn't be taken into consideration but often they bring up a good point that if i take it out of that aggressive stance it gives me something to think about and so if i can remove myself from the way it was said and just think about what was said um, a lot of times i can i can learn things from these comments that you just generally want to turn off and this one was uh, made me think about recently the tools that i purchased and why did i purchase that And I think that for me, the purchasing of the tool brings a certain amount of happiness. But for me, the idea is what does the future of using the tool do? If it's a tool that's just going to sit and look good on my wall, um, is it something I should spend money on? Is it something I should chase after? Uh, Whereas if it's a tool that I'm going to be using regularly and enjoying its use and thinking about, like, for instance, my bearcat uh, dovetail saw. That thing feels amazing, and it is a joy to use. Is it any better than a Veritas dovetail saw with a polymer back and a machine-made handle? Um, No, they're both going to cut really similar dovetails, but I'm far happier using a a Bearcat saw. Um, And so I think that's my, my line of where I draw what I purchase. What about you guys?
2: Well, I think that's the... I mean, a handmade, you know, buying one of Zach's hammers is, you know, inherently going to be that much better than to me than buying, you know, a three pound, whatever on Amazon for 18 bucks or whatever it is. Um, so that, I don't know if that's a similar comparison because, you know, Brian made that saw for you, you know, like that's, Uh it's, it's different than a Veritas saw, but I don't know. Um, I don't know.
0: (laughs) You know, I I think, I think it's all about inspiration for me. Like there's certain things that you, that just inspire you to, to, to do things with, I don't know. I mean, it's like, I have like, right behind me, I have like 10 guitars. I don't need 10 guitars. One, one crappy, I don't want to say crappy one, like $300 Fender Squire would be perfectly good for everything that I do. But you know, it's almost like an animist philosophy to where it's like every single one of them has different character, at least in my mind. Like, there's certain... that I pick up, uh, you know, my Telecaster and I play it differently than if I were to pick mm-hmm. up my Les Paul. And it's different than a baritone or my Strat. Like, I just... I pick... I don't know why. It's got to probably all be in my head. But when I have those things in my hands, I play them totally differently. And mm-hmm. uh, I, it just inspires different not- creative thinking. And, I mean, I feel like people... Uh, you know, I I don't think there are creative people and there are uncreative people. I think there's creative people. And then I feel like there are people who shunned that side of their personality. And I feel like with tools, it's kind of the same thing. I mean, I could do everything I could, I could do, I could forge everything that I do on with, you know, uh, a couple of, like you said, like 10, $15 hammers. I don't need anything particular, but there's something like almost mystical or magical about having these, these different ones that have, you know, different weights and different shapes and different, they just feel Mm -hmm. different. Uh, It's the same thing with any tool. I think really like you don't see people lusting after, you know, Harbor freight tools and granted a lot of them are actually crap, but a lot of the stuff that they sell is perfectly adequate. I mean, if it's functional then you can use it, but you know, having that nice thing, having that, it's, it's, I don't know, I think that's just human nature is if you're into something you want to have, you know, you kind of start lusting for the nicer, uh, more customized uh, tools or or pieces of the hobby.
1: Yeah. In in the, uh, in the comment, he was actually, well, in the the video I had, I, several times I mentioned, you know, you can never have enough clamps, you can never, never have enough mallets, you can never have enough marking gauges um and the reason i was saying that is not that you know you should spend your life savings on just clamps because you can never have enough of them um it was that you know if someone is looking at this video and they're trying to buy something for a woodworker and they know their woodworker has clamps already they would naturally think well i don't need to buy clamps because he has clamps well no if you buy clamps for a woodworker they're gonna be like ah great clamps i love this because you really. You, there's always a job where you're like, I wish I had another clamp or two. Uh, so they're yeah. they're a great gift that you can give to someone even if they already
2: have it. That's um, true. Or or a nicer mallet, you know that you know some of you could say, yeah. oh well they already have a mallet. You know, well they've got the you know poly whatever dead blow mallets that you get a three pack of. But if you buy something like from uh, like Cunningham Woodworks on mm-hmm. Instagram, who uh, he makes really really nice mallets, um, and he makes or them a, a different
1: poundage four-seller. mallet or a different shape mallet or yeah.
0: anything from zhfabrications.com
2: <laughs> <laughs> or or anything from uh, wmwalkerco.com there's some stuff <laughs> in the uh, in the shop there some turn things cutting kind of uh, <laughs> but no I, I i i thought that video was a great video um, and i don't think it was materialistic too materialistic it wasn't saying you need this anything to make better work but you know these are things that woodworkers might like to have around the holidays
1: cool Uh, well I think we're about out of time so we're going to save the questions that we have for next time and uh, you have one more week to get in your creator's photo challenge since we had Thanksgiving off we're going to bump that off to next week and that is the big picture um, self inclusion so you need a picture of yourself in the shop with what you are working on, what is happening, or it doesn't even have to be in the shop, it's just what is you in your life. We want to see the big picture of you.
2: Um, so and it doesn't even need to be like a selfie, like it could be you <laughs> cutting something, it could be a close up of you cutting you have, something with you your you have to have duck face. That's
0: what it's
1: called. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's got to be at 45 <laughs> degrees up. 45 we should, degrees we should
0: actually do that. We should do a, the duck face yes. shop selfie challenge. <laughs> <laughs> No. Yeah, I, I wake I, up, wake up in the morning, and I always take my dogs out front and sit in the chair for a minute and check out my Instagram feed. I'd love to wake up in the morning and just scroll down and see like a bunch morning. of woodworkers,
1: the duck face. <laughs> 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 well, maybe we'll do that one next time. <laughs> uh, we have um, Jeff Gruff actually just posted this one in the uh, in the chat. Um, I couldn't quite remember how to throw a boomerang, but eventually it came back to me. Nice. Da-dum. Thank you, Jeff.
0: If you <laughs> that one didn't even get a. It was just that <laughs> <laughs> The symbol, the symbol's broken.
1: So, if you have a joke you'd like uh, us to tell, go ahead and send it to one of us, or put it in the live chat, and uh, we'll throw it up there. The bad, the worse off, the better. Oh, and oh. my my joke at the end of today's video. I'm, I'm making a little bolt and a block uh, video. And the joke at the end of that one is so stinking bad. I almost didn't put it on there, but I, I did. So it's it's worth it.
0: Uh, are you guys, James, you're going to Maker Central, right? Yes. Will, are you going to Maker Central? In Britain? Yeah.
2: No. 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 Okay. When is it? Uh, May. May,
0: I think. Yeah. I haven't bought my flight yet, but I, I definitely plan on going. I'll be
1: doing a giveaway on my channel here soon for
0: uh, tickets to it. Does this make like a Doppler effect when, when I wave my away from my face? Is that fun? You guys like that? It's yeah, yeah it's we great. Should go well,
1: we can do a podcast from from London or from.
0: You well, should go. Why don't you go? Don't well, give me that uh, family
2: business. I'll have a newborn. Uh, oh, <laughs> some other stuff going on. I, probably, I do have friends over there. I could probably stay with, but, uh, cool. but anyway, it's can't can How old are your other kids? Can they watch the newborn? <laughs> All right, well, she'll be almost four then. She'll be fine.
0: Yeah, a week away, no problem. <laughs>
2: yeah. Uh,
1: so, what yeah. are we uh, watching, reading, or inspired? oh yeah? Uh, Will, what you got?
2: So, uh, a buddy of mine, Jordan, whose shop I was in last podcast. Um, he's a fantastic woodworker. Uh, he's also a photographer, uh, and and is toying with the idea of getting into YouTube. And I keep. I keep goading him. I keep saying like, do it. I dare you. I dare you to do it. Um, Cause I think you just make really, really amazing stuff. And so he that's, texted that's me last goading.
0: Week. Is that goading with a D?
2: Goading. Goading. Okay.
0: okay. Yeah. How do you, how you i no, I think it, right? that's right. I just thought it would be really funny if it were goading, like with a T. Like that should be a oh, word. Yeah. That should
2: be an adjective. I, like to and go. And I just bloody. started like, it's like walking up somebody just <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's
0: what goading is. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> At Maker Central, there's going to be much goading.
2: That's, that's the inside <laughs> joke, if anybody remembers. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, so I uh, I keep trying to get him to get on YouTube, but he just texted me last night um, if I had seen uh, a guy, uh, Young J, Young G. Um, I believe he's a Korean fellow, um, and he makes uh, hand planes, metal sold hand planes, um dovetail infill planes. But he does it with like zero milling equipment. Um and he does it like hand cut metal dovetails with a hacksaw and then peens out the dovetails. And uh so I think we're gonna try to make a metal sold plane at some point. Um but but check out young G uh for for that. Uh it's really inspirational stuff. He does a lot with the little um cool. James what do you what do you what's inspiring you?
1: Um, I have to go with uh, Switch and Lever, which I have to give a shout out to. He just hit 100,000. Um, so awesome. congrats, man. Um, and he made a video a week or two ago about an unstable stool. Um, and It's the this, this type of thing you look at and you're like, oh, there's no way I'm going to sit on that thing. And it turned out really, really well. It was, I was very, very cool. He actually did mortised legs up into the body with a small structure right underneath the seat. But there's these little wobbly Um, legs that that look like they're going to collapse when you sit on them. And if you've never seen his channel, you've got to because he has some of the best humor on YouTube. Really, really good stuff.
2: I like his accent too. Yes, yeah, he's from uh, uh, Sweden or no, No,
1: Italy or something like that.
2: (laughs) I thought he was, uh, I swore I thought he was like a Swede, maybe because he says like switch and lever, like it's the it's fun how he says his anyway.
1: I'll do a collab with him sometime. We've been talking back and forth about, uh, but uh, I haven't come to anything. Cool.
2: Well, yeah. what you got, Zach?
0: Um. So I stumbled across this site called, or this guy uh, called the Green Beetle, and. Uh... <laughs> really. Yeah, what the guy that I've talked about like five times. I I knew that would get a rise out of you, so I just (laughs) want to say that. No, but I have watched that's not my pick, but I have been watching some of his videos and it's it's good stuff. Well, I guess he is my pick. I'm just gonna have two picks then. I don't want to unpick my pick. Uh so yeah, that's he's he's got some good info there. Um also uh Paul Pinto, who I was able to I was aware of and I gotta hang out with him and meet him up at uh Jimmy's forging thing that we did up there last month and uh if you guys aren't familiar with him he's i think he's like 19 or 20 built his own press he's doing like hammers and axes and all sorts of cool stuff um his ut just started a youtube recently and it's seems to be taking off pretty well uh, i actually just sent him a message a second ago asking he wanted to be on our podcast what do you guys think of that
2: cool i'm um, yeah i haven't I gotten an guests. answer
0: back but uh I'm gonna tentatively say yes for him that he'll be on next week. Sweet. Tune in. Cool. Maybe cool. he wants um, he might want well, nothing to do with us.
1: Since you're talking, Zach, what's your favorite tool of the week?
0: Oh, my hydraulic press. press. Yeah. Things I oh, awesome. just have press
1: down there. I thought you were gonna talk about bench press.
0: No, I haven't been able to do that for uh, <laughs> Yeah. It uh, the like the the exciting thing for me is uh, like forge welding in Damascus. That's like something that I'd tried before and not been able to get. Yeah, it turns out I just wasn't running the hot, the hot forge. enough. I wasn't running the forge hot enough and really kind of just knowing what to look for because that's not too distracting. Your dogs loud, always know,
1: know when it's close to the end of the podcast. They do.
0: They? Yeah. <laughs> saying that's enough. Um, yeah. So it's just something I'll let you guys go. That's ridiculous. <laughs>
1: <laughs> nice. What you got, Will?
2: Um, I'm going to go with my Porter cable deluxe dovetail jig. Um, uh, we talked about this last show about you know how I was kind of selling out for the these machine dovetails, um, but making drawer boxes. Man, making six drawer boxes dovetailed, half line dovetailed <laughs> around all sides. I mean, I can get through like one drawer in like all four corners of one drawer in like two minutes, and it's really really satisfying. Um, so yeah, going with my. my 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 dovetail jig. I'm going to put a link in the description.
1: I remember making my dresser and thinking, oh, I wish I had my dovetail jig and router again. So oh, I was man. doing dovetails on that for like two days straight. Yeah. And <laughs> now I'm doing inlaid dovetails, and I've got like four hours into the four corners of this one box doing inlaid, <laughs> double inlaid. Something. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, I have to go with the simple blue shop rag, shop towel. Um, the I think they're Scott brand. Um and I yeah, I've had them in my shop forever and I go get a new box once a year or so. And this last time I'm like, you know what? I wish I had like three boxes in my shop. So I bought three boxes and I have them at different places in my shop and I use them constantly for applying finish or cleaning up finish or cleaning up glue or moving things around or just wiping off dust. Um, that's
0: a great choice. I can't believe all the time. I can't believe that hasn't come up before. So yeah,
1: it is if you don't have them in your shop, I'd have to say why? Why don't you?
2: I feel like I'm a snob. I use the the recycled T-shirt rags. Oh, Those are okay. good too. Yeah, I have both. I have both of them. But then you have to remember
1: to wash them and clean them, or otherwise, or, or you, oh, you buy the the big box of T-shirt rag.
2: Or I'll recycle. Like I'll go through my drawers every, you know, two years, and I'll cut up a bunch of old T-shirts that don't fit or oh. whatever.
1: See, I take yeah, them. I got,
2: well, I'm reusing them. Like I'm not. I'm not just like throwing them out. <laughs> And putting finish on them first and then throwing them out. And then
0: taking them to
1: Goodwill.
2: Uh, and then taking them to Goodwill, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, we've been having a little bit of fun here and it's been good to be back. So I'd uh, like, looking forward to seeing you all next week. We'll be recording live uh, Thursday, at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. And we'll probably have a guest on next week. Looking forward to that. I do want to say a huge thank you to our patrons on Patreon. Thanks for helping us out. And until next time, have a wonderful day.
2: See you later. Adios.
1: Thanks again for listening to the Creators Collective. We publish weekly on Thursdays in iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. You can follow us on social media pages everywhere at Creators Collective. We're also live streaming every week on Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. Just look up the YouTube channel to join in on the fun of the live chat and get your questions answered live. And until next time, keep on creating. Are you still listening? Wow, I'm impressed. Send me an email and we might do something for you.